Welcome to the NIHR Dementia Researcher podcast, brought to you by DementiaResearcher.nihr.ac.uk, in association with Alzheimer's Research UK and Alzheimer's Society, supporting early career dementia researchers across the world. Hello, and thank you for listening to the Dementia Researcher podcast. I'm Adam Smith, and today I'm joined by Morgan Daniel. Morgan's about to start a dementia and neuroscience MSc at University College London, and over the next year, we're going to follow her to capture her story. We hope that through this partnership, we'll inspire others to follow the same path and help early career researchers to understand that they're not alone in the highs and lows that they face during the early stages of of your careers and um, while studying MFCs. Morgan's going to write regular blogs for us and join us for some podcasts over the coming 12 months. So in this first podcast, uh, I just wanted to introduce you all to Morgan uh, so you can get to know her a little bit better. Hello, Morgan. Hi. (laughs) It's all a little bit strange, isn't it? Because usually, of course, we'd, we'd be sat opposite a table from each other and be in the studio at UCL and we're doing this over Zoom. So these always feels more like meetings than the podcasts yeah I think it feels feels more like an interview rather than a Uh, a chat I suppose yeah do you want this job (laughs) (laughs) exactly so just to give everybody a little bit of background um uh, Morgan and I uh, and dementia researcher we met over social media just to make a another argument for the power of social media for good sometimes and um in talking we we learned that um that morgan was going to be coming down to london and so we we got together and had a chat and and morgan's really kindly agreed to work with us over the coming year because i think one of the aims for dementia research all the all along has been to try and inspire and encourage uh, undergraduates to consider dementia research as a career option we hope to be doing more of that in the next year so this seemed like a great opportunity not only to perhaps inspire others um but but also to to really get a chance to to work through all the issues that face because of course this is a this isn't just about studying and meeting that endpoint. There's there's lots of story along the way that we want to capture um, to help others that are going through the same. Um, so Morgan, maybe can we start by just asking you to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name is Morgan Daniel. I'm from Loch Lomond, just outside of Glasgow. Um, and for my undergraduate, I studied at the University of Glasgow. I did a Bachelor of Science in Psychology and Neuroscience, so I did a joint honours degree. Um, yeah, so I have sort of moved to London recently, only about two weeks ago, still settling in. Um, but some of my hobbies and stuff when I was in Scotland were things like, you know, I spent a lot of my time reading, I quite like reading about science and politics, um, and I recently took up running. I think everyone took up running during lockdown, but um, took up running before lockdown. It was a it was a sort of hobby that I started about a year ago. So that's something that I tried to bring back down to London with me as well, trying to explore London through through running right now. So so actually, I'm going to pick up on that first of all. I mean, I how you found that kind of move to London because that's one of the first things that that I guess you you'll have faced I mean we'll come back in a minute to how you find the how you found the course in the first place and how you went through that but but how did you how have you found the move to London? 
Yeah, it's actually been a lot smoother than I expected it to be. Um, London's obviously quite different to Glasgow. It's a massive city um, and it's a very different sort of, even the population size. I'm pretty sure London's population is larger than Scotland's in total. Um, so it was a bit intimidating, but I actually found moving here that you realise that you do end up in a little community, like no matter where you're living. Like it's not as if the city's totally overwhelming once you're here. Um, I'm living in Bloomsbury. It's a lovely area. Um, I've also moved into student halls. So I've had the opportunity to meet a good group of people. Um, they're very similar to myself. I'm getting along really well with them. So I've actually made a good group of friends so far. Um, and we've been able to spend a lot of time together outside of halls and working and things like that. So... I found it okay. Um, my mum helped me move, so that was nice. I got to spend the last weekend with my mum <laughs> helping me move um, before I shipped her back up to, to Scotland. Um, yeah, actually, I think I was, I think it was more like an overwhelming sort of thought. I was dreading it a little bit, but once I was actually here, I felt quite settled and it's been something I've been planning for years. So I think to finally be here, I'm quite relieved. Um, just relieved that I've actually managed to make it happen and I'm looking forward now to the rest of the year that I've got ahead of me. And of course, you've had the additional challenge that, that most other people won't have faced in years gone by or hopefully in future years of, of the coronavirus, the issues around movement on uh, restrictions on movement and um, what it's like to, to be on campus during uh, coronavirus. I mean, some campuses aren't even opened at all, right? Yeah. So how has that differed? Yeah, Bloomsbury in London is very, very quiet. Um, I walked to Covent Garden last weekend or the weekend before and it was on a Sunday morning but I met probably just a handful of other people on my way past like it's so quiet um, actually moving during lockdown I found it it was quite difficult because I didn't know about obviously restrictions for travelling and how I wanted to travel and there was also concern that the border might close between Scotland and England at one point and whether or not my mum would be able to come down and help me because she might be able to get back up so there's a few concerns, but um, I got the train to train down um, to about four and a half, five hours, and it was absolutely fine. Um, obviously, I have to wear a mask, but it meant that you got at least two seats to yourself. Um, That's good. Yeah, so it was actually, the train is actually, it was a lot more pleasant an experience than it usually is, um, other than having to wear the mask. So I've actually found it okay, but I think I'm looking forward to when it's a little bit busier around my area, because it just feels a bit deserted right now, I think. And you don't have to wear, do you have to wear masks around campus or in any of the buildings? Yeah, so in campus, we're going to have to wear masks, I think, um, most of the time. I think there's a lot of one-way systems in place. I do have some contact hours um, on my course, I think, coming up, sort of like one, two hours a week. So I think we will have to wear masks for those sort of meetings. Um, and student halls, you have to wear masks uh, pretty much all the time, except for when you're in your room or eating. So it's getting used to wearing a mask when you leave your room, just go down to the bathroom or, you know, canteen, that sort of thing. Um, but to be honest, after a couple of days, I got used to it and it doesn't phase me anymore. It's just like something that you pick up and you wear at the door, like your house keys or your purse, that sort of thing. Um, so I'm getting used to it. But yeah, it's a very, very strange experience coming down and it's just not what you expect, I suppose. Well, one hopes that by the time you've finished your course, the situation might have might have improved. So yeah. tell us tell us what's the course you're doing. Tell us about your course. So I'm doing a course, it's um, a Master of Science in Dementia, so it's Causes, Treatments and Research. 
and I'm doing the neuroscience pathway. So there's two different pathways. You can either focus on neuroscience or mental health. Um, and I've chosen the neuroscience route. Um, there's a lot of different modules. It's, you know, some of it focuses on the sort of biological side of dementia um, and the research side. But there's also a lot of optional courses that give you a bit of sort of variety in what you're studying. So I'm also choosing to study um, advanced imaging, so brain imaging, um, just something that I felt would kind of upskill me when I came out of the master's. I didn't want to come out um, and miss any opportunities. So I'm doing a course in advanced imaging and we're also doing courses in the sort of treatment and management of dementia. Um, but there's also there's aspects to the course that are involved in working in the hospital. Um, also, I'm not sure how that's going to work with COVID this year. Usually you do kind of like a placement in the hospital and that's about learning how to work with people that have dementia, how to maybe work on the diagnosis um, and the assessment side of things as well. So it's very varied, but I think it encompasses what a lot of people will want to study when they're interested in dementia. You get a very wide sort of variety of options um, and I think it covers a lot of good areas. And I think that coming out of the master's, the skills that you'll gain and the knowledge that you'll have means that you're able to apply it to a lot more job opportunities, PhDs, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to getting started, but I think I'm doing about seven, eight modules and then you do your dissertation projects at the end of the year as well. It is a really good stepping stone, I think, between that undergraduate science or, or psychology degree that might somebody might have done at, at university before you consider a PhD. I think it also allows allows you to kind of decide if a PhD is the right thing for you or not, because of course a PhD is a big undertaking and, and doing that extra year after the back of your, your three years undergraduate degree and then doing this extra year of an MSc, it is 12 months, right? It's 12 months, yeah. Um, I personally, I know I have friends that felt they were ready for a PhD and they went straight into a PhD. I personally did not feel ready. Um, I didn't think that I really narrowed down my interests enough um, to apply straight for a PhD and also just I needed that kind of stepping stone. I don't think I spent enough time in labs or in research environments yet um, so I kind of felt like this was a really good stepping stone to help me narrow down my interests and what I'd like to focus on for a PhD um, but also just gave me a really broad kind of look at the of what's going on really in dementia research right now. I think being at UCL is like it's, un it's an unbelievable opportunity to decide where I want to go after this because um, you, you're learning from like world leaders um, and it's like I just think that the master's is a really great sort of ladder onto a PhD after this. Absolutely and, and <clears throat> was this course this same course I mean you were in Scotland did you deliberately want to move away from Scotland down to, to UCL or was this course what particularly attracted you because of course there are other MSc courses around the around the country I think we, we talked to some people last year that run the uh, the one at Bradford uh, I know there's a great one at Swansea as well yeah I think when I was looking at master's degrees I knew that I wanted to do a master's degree that looked at dementia at first when I started looking a lot of the degrees I was finding were um pretty much just focusing on neuroscience and then you would choose to specialise sort of thing. Um, but when I found this degree and realised that all the modules were so specific to my interests, um, the sort of training that you would get, the clinical opportunities, I think it just that's what attracted me to having to move. I actually was quite reluctant to move from Scotland, um, but I think the idea of 
being at UCL, which is world leading in um, sort of dementia and neuroscience research, and then finding this course that was so specific that kind of convinced me that the move was definitely worth it. Uh, yeah, I'd agree. I, I work at UCL, but I, I was slightly concerned that our podcast feels like a bit of an advert, advertisement for UCL because <laughs> we, um, and it isn't at all. I mean, we just happen to to produce this out of there, but the um, the people that work at UCL are just so phenomenal at um, volunteering yeah. to come and contribute to podcasts and blogs and other things as well. And yeah, um, I think um, I think like when I was looking at master's degrees, I mean, there were some in Scotland, there were some in other cities like Manchester and stuff like that, but there was also a massive sort of amount of opportunity in Wales. I think um, this like Cardiff and Swansea, but it was really just about narrowing down that the fact that this course was the modules I wanted to study and it was pretty much, it felt like it was kind of tailor-made. Um, so yeah, I did, look at, I did look across the UK, but ended up in London. So I guess the advice for anybody listening is, is whilst the UCL um, MSc uh, looks good. Other MSCs are available. Uh, do shop yeah. around and find the one that, <laughs> that, that suits you um, because there are lots all over the country and I think it kind of uh, some of them are nuanced more towards you know the psychology side of things or to, to neuroscience or different aspects so do shop around and have a look. And um, How do the fees work Morgan? Do, do you have to uh, are the fees more expensive in England than Scotland? So I've actually found that the fees in England and Scotland, there's not a massive amount of difference once you get to postgraduate level. Um, okay. If you're Scottish, then you don't, you basically, your loan that you get from the Scottish government won't cover your fees in Scotland anyway. So I think it encourages a lot of us to look elsewhere and just see what opportunities there are. Um, but I'd say that there's probably, the difference can be around about a couple of thousand pounds. Um, so, that being so said, just... some of the courses in Scotland are extortionate as well so some of them are more expensive than the one that I'm paying for so you really just need to look and weigh up whether or not you think the fees are worth studying the course. So what does it cost? What's an MSc 12-month course cost? So this one's costing me around £10,000. £10,000 um, and then you've got accommodation uh, and yeah. you've got your life expenses you've got books and beer and yeah books and beer <laughs> exactly so um so the course fees you can you can get a loan for um yeah. um which you have to pay about but of course you know the, the fees are still there as well so that's good because i think anybody who's listening might not really have a an idea about the cost of doing this yeah i think i think for myself the courses that i was looking at um because i did consider staying at glasgow it was going to cost me around eight thousand nine thousand pounds and it wasn't a course that I would have jumped at. It was an opportunity that I was sort of using as a backup. Um, yeah. And it was, a, it was a great course, but it just wasn't necessarily my interests. And it was going to cost me about £1,000 less than this one. And I thought, you know, it's well worth paying the extra money to get the course that I actually want. Because I kind of had to look at it as an investment, I guess. Like, it is taking out a loan, but it's more an investment into my future because of the opportunities that I could get out of the master's degree. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, things like when you're looking at different cities, it's obviously worth weighing up how much you're going to have to pay in accommodation fees. Is the food more expensive? Um, social life, is that going to be a little bit more expensive as well? So and it's just about weighing up the balance and seeing you know, what you have available to you, I guess, and then whether or not you think it's worth it. Because I think it yeah. depends where you're from in the UK and what loans you've got available to you and things like that. But I would definitely say don't be scared of taking out 
the loan to do the masters if it's what you want to do because it is an investment in your future. And and to, to obviously to meet those other costs that we talked about there, are you having to work as well or are, are you okay? Yeah, so I am having to work. Um, unfortunately, I don't get very much money through Scottish Government. So I am working as a resident advisor in halls at the University of London have um, intercollegiate halls, which means that there's students from King's, from UCL, from LSE, from all, like lots of universities across London, um, they're allowed to stay in these buildings. So I'm working as a resident advisor, which means that I work alongside the warden in our hall in Bloomsbury. Um, and sort of one, two nights a week sometimes I'll be on duty um, overnight just on call to see if anything anything happens, anything needs my help. Um, we've got a lot of training for it, so we're trained in like mental health first aid and first aid through um, Bridge Red Cross. And yeah, we're just there basically to support the students while they live here for the year. Um, but it does mean that I get a massively reduced um, rent and food, so it's made it really affordable. Um, and yeah, it was, it was pretty much, it was like the, it all fell into place. It was like the best job I think that I could have really found for um, being uni because you're you're living and working in the same place but it means that when you're on duty you can sit you can get on with your work you can sit and do your you know your papers your reading and things like that um, and obviously if something happens you're on call you have to go down and deal with it but the likelihood of that happening compared to how much spare time you actually have is, is pretty good balance. Well uh, I'll be interested to see if you have the same <laughs> view of that in six months in six months yeah. time because it's definitely a job I, I've had friends that have done this and some people have been great where they've had lots of very sensible 18-year-old students kicking around halls and, and who haven't been too bad and other ones that turn, have turned out to be party and drama central. Yeah, which I do expect, but then I suppose we're all like that when we're younger and I don't mind. It's just, um, it will obviously get busier, but it's also going to be a little bit strange because of COVID. So, well, I was going to say, that, that yeah. was the point I was going to make, whereas what, what might... Um, make a difference this year of course is impacting on that particular job is covid because um will be those restrictions in place and of course in england as we record this today it's the 9th of september and the group gatherings of six people or more have just been restricted again so perhaps outside of halls and some of those things will be yeah it'll be it's a new challenge that we're facing covid but i do think that it will make my experience in this job a little bit different. I don't know whether it may be easier or whether there'll be more demands in terms of planning and online sort of things, but I do think it will be a slightly different job to what other people have Well, done, interesting uh, skill set to develop as well, which are, is, is, again, I think something that will be helpful compared to, you know, working in the bookshop or, or other things. So mm. we're, we're, um, I, I'm interested at the start of the discussion, I talked about highs and lows. So before we wrap up, today i've got two more questions the the first of which is what are you most excited and and nervous about um i think for me i'm just excited to get started like i've been looking at ucl I've, i identified this course in my second year of a four-year degree so i've been wanting to study here for around two three years um and i'm excited to just get started i think to meet like the students and the staff whether it's online or in person at first um, and to actually get started with learning and my modules. Um, I'm also excited to just be living in London and sort of meeting so many new people. I mean, there's going to be about 200 people in my um, my building. So right. meeting loads of new people should be good. Um, nice what about nerves? Out. 
Nervous, yeah, I guess coronavirus is a bit of a pressing issue. Um, the, yeah, I think with new restrictions being brought in, that's kind of my only nerves is, you know, will that affect my course? Will it affect my dissertation and my research? Um, I suppose you know, what you what, don't want to find is situation changes and develops so rapidly like it has, and then you find yourself stuck in accommodation or, or even having to return home. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the most pressing issue, I think, right now on all of our minds, um, especially for master's students who are doing you know, their research at the end of the year. It's really not that far away, and I don't know how much like, obviously what will happen at that point. Um, but other than that, I guess for myself, it's online learning I'm quite nervous about, um, having to kind of motivate myself. And I also find online learning very tiring. I come off my laptop, I'm very tired compared to being in actual lectures, so I'm Kind of nervous about that but I'm hoping that I'll settle into it and I'll just get used to a routine eventually once I do get started. And have you found a nice little kind of have you found your spot yet your your favorite place to do that your your corner in the library your bit in the Yeah halls. well I think that's one of the sort of things I'm excited about actually is that UCL are opening their libraries Um, I think you just have to book a slot so you have to book a table which is ideal because I'm so used to going into a university library and not being able to find the table anywhere. So we're always so busy. So Well, that's um, what happens when you arrive at lunchtime instead of getting up in the morning. And, yeah, <laughs> well, <teasing>. <laughs> I, oh, honestly, I became a morning person at uni because the library was so busy. That's what happened to me. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm quite excited to be learning in the library. It's just, I think that'll make it a little bit easier. But I have found, you know, there's nice cafes nearby if I want to sit for a coffee or that sort of thing there is nice spaces and I've tried to make my room a little bit more homely so that um but I've also separated a little section of my room off as like an office type space just because I need the separation between living and working I think for myself personally anyway and, and I'm I'm I, I can of course see your room because you're recording from yeah. me today but I see it looks like you have a very nice high floor no I'm going by the windows I you've got it so have you got a good view yeah, I've got, I've got um, two windows in my room. So I've got the view of the park across the street and then I've got the view of the um, right down to Russell Square. So very lucky. Um, it's going to be quite, I think, a comfortable comfortable space for the next year. I think that's obviously the benefit of doing this job is that I got a great room for a very cheap price. So I think no, considering, I have to spend so much, considering I have to spend so much time here this year, it's, uh, it's not the yeah. worst thing. Well, I think getting the technology sorted out, getting a speedy connection and, and having a nice computer always helps with that. I think it's, it's probably all we've got time for today, Morgan. But honestly, um, I mean, what I really wanted to do in this first meeting, this, this first podcast was really just to, to get to know you, to help all of our listeners to get to know you. Um, it's great to meet you. Good luck in your first week. Um, Anybody who's listening today can read Morgan's first blog for us, which will be published on the website today. And then do check back each month um, for monthly updates because Morgan's going to write a blog for us each month. And we'll, um, we'll be talking to her again in a couple of months' time just to, to get the update on how things are going and, and start to understand what, what it's really like to, to study an MSc, how much work in, is involved and, and what you found uh, easy and difficult and the some of the challenges you'll face so we can share that with us so thank you very much morgan's also on twitter um so you can give her a follow on twitter it's um at morgan daniel 99 um so do go and give her a follow on twitter as well uh also you're a member of our whatsapp online community 
Um, you can you can find details on how to join that on our website under the um, Ask an Expert section in our website with details on how to join on WhatsApp. Thank you very much for joining us, Morgan. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, and good luck um, with your blog. So we'll we'll catch up with your blogs over the next couple of months. Um, so thanks very much, everybody. Please uh, remember to like, subscribe, and leave a review of our podcast through your. Uh, through the website uh, we're on itunes spotify podbean soundcloud everywhere where you get your podcasts and you can now ask your smart home device to play the dementia researcher podcast which um, is another way to listen thank you very much everybody and we'll see you again in two weeks time brought to you by dementiaresearcher.nihr.ac.uk in association with alzheimer's research uk and alzheimer's society supporting early career dementia researchers across the world